Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Aguiar, and my hope is to show you how to have a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that the salvation is through Christ alone by the free gift of God's grace. As we come into the holiday season from now through Christmas, I'll be covering the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ in anticipation of Jesus's imminent return. I pray that as you hear this message, it will encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. Seek the truth. Ask God to open your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. The episode will begin after a short message. The Word of God, a seed that needs good soil to grow and produce fruit. In Luke chapter 8, we have several interesting stories that focus on hearing and obeying the Word of God, as well as trusting and having solid faith in Jesus. The parable of the sower is an important one. It describes different types of people and how they hear, understand, believe, and nourish the Word of God. But first, we learn about the women that followed Jesus. We're in Luke chapter 8. Soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from which he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Okay, folks, this is the first mention of Mary Magdalene. Note that there's nothing, nothing about her being a prostitute. That's a title that the early church leaders gave her, combining this method, this mention with other women in the Gospels that encountered, uh, um, uh, of the women that encountered Jesus. But this part is important. Jesus does, this next part is important. Jesus does preach a lot in parables, secrets of the kingdom of God. And usually he doesn't explain the meaning. Not so with this one. He provides us with an explanation, making this one message that he wants all of us to understand. It's the parable of the sower or the parable of the farmer scattering seed. One day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks, which began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Jesus says this a lot in the New Testament. You have to watch out for this phrase. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, 
but I use parables to teach others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And here he quotes Isaiah 6, 9. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. Whoa, this explains a lot. Okay, verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Sounds like the Catholic Church. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. Sounds like the progressive church. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. So they never grow into maturity. Sounds like our everyday church. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. So, what kind of soil are you? Have you heard the word of God, yet have listened to the devil and followed him instead? That's being a sinner. Your heart is so hardened by life that nothing good can grow in it. Humbly ask God to soften your heart and invite him in. Has the temptation, has temptation taken you away from God? Then you don't have deep roots. Again, the answer is to invite Jesus into your heart and let the Holy Spirit take over your life. Are you more interested in what's going on in the world and paying attention to the word of God? Then you can never become a mature Christian. You're going with the cultural flow. We talked about that a couple of days ago. Focus on God first. If your heart is fertile soil, then you love hearing the word of God. You embrace it and you want to share it and bring more people to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That's what he means by producing a good harvest or good fruit. Continuing, the parable of the lamp, verse 16. No one lights a lamp and then covers it with a bowl or hides it under a bed. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. For all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open. And everyone, everything, everything that is concealed will be brought to the light and made known to all. So pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. This is important. This is the truth. All that is secret would eventually be brought into the open. And this is so true. I mean, think about it. When was the last time you took a flashlight or the, flash, the light from your phone to look for something that fell down under a chair or under the sofa? And when you shine the light in there, it shows all of the dirt. And you realize you haven't cleaned out of the sofa in like six months. Well, that's what he's talking about here. So anything that is secret, anything that is hidden, any conniving, 
conspiracies, all that's going to be brought to the light at some point. And then Jesus couldn't be any clearer. Pay attention to his word. The next part's interesting. The true family of Jesus, verse 19. Then Jesus' mother, Mary, and brothers, yes, he had brothers, came to see him, but they couldn't get to him because of the crowd. The word there is brothers, not cousins. No, brothers, as sons of Mary, as in Mary and Joseph had children after Jesus was born. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to see you. Jesus replied, my mother and my brothers are all those who hear God's word and obey it. Now, I did write a, a post a, few mo- a couple of months ago on the truth about Mary where I quoted this verse. However, what Jesus is saying here is that we all become his brothers and sisters, his family, children of God. When we hear God's word and obey it. Not everybody is a child of God. Everybody is made in God's image and created by God. Yes, but you are made a child of God when you become a born again Christian. That's the truth. This next story is also important. So pay attention. Jesus calms the storm. Verse 22. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon, a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown! When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. Folks, the point here is trusting Jesus. Jesus told them, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. Now you'd think they'd believe him and trust him that they would actually get to the other side of the lake. But no, they lost faith. They got scared. They panicked. God may not always get you out of a storm, but he'll always get you through it. I'm going to say that again. God may not always get you out of a storm, but he'll always get you through it. Okay, next part. Jesus heals a demon-possessed man. Verse 26. So they arrived in the region of the Gerasenes across the lake from Galilee. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time, he had been homeless and naked, living in the tombs outside the town. As soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down in front of him. And then he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Please, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. This spirit had often taken control of the man. 
Even when he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles, he simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness, completely under the demon's power. Jesus demanded, what is your name? Legion, he replied, for he was filled with many demons. The demons kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. The demons begged him to let them enter into the pigs. So Jesus gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs and the entire herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw, saw it, they fled to, a near, to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been freed from the demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane. And they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what had happened told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed. And all the people in the region of the Gerasenes begged Jesus to go away and leave them alone for a great wave of fear swept over them. So Jesus returned to the boat and left, crossing back to the other side of the lake. The man who had been freed from the, from the demons begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him home saying, no, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. Note here again, the demons knew who Jesus was. Just knowing that Jesus is the son of God does not save you. You have to invite him into your heart. And if you click on over to my blog, there's a link there that shows you exactly how to do that. Jesus heals in response to faith. This is another interesting story. Verse 40. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jarius, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus was with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus says, someone deliberately touched me for I felt healing power grow, go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain while she, why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jarius, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what happened, he said to Jarius, don't be afraid. Just have faith. She will be healed. When they arrived at the house, 
Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but he said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up. At that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. Okay, there are a few important points here. First, the woman with the bleeding problem had been unclean for 12 years. That means she could never participate in Jewish temple worship. So she was desperate. She heard about Jesus and she had tremendous faith. She didn't call out to Jesus like others. She was convinced that by just touching his garment, she would be healed. Jesus didn't rebuke her, but praised her for her faith. Jesus then tried to convince Jairus that his daughter would live, even though they were just notified of her death. This was the first time we see Jesus taking his inner circle, Peter, John, and James with him. After he revives the girl, he tells the people not to say anything about what happened. Like all the people who just witnessed him raise someone from the dead were going to stay silent. And then when you think about it, the guy with the demons that he freed the demons from, he told him to go tell everybody. Interesting. When you think about it, miracles like that are performed every day by modern medical science and reviving people that are, are apparently dead. People go into cardiac arrest, their hearts stop beating, but if treated right away, they can be brought back to life. Back in Jesus' day, this was truly a miracle. So the message, messages in this chapter are, first, don't be shy about following Jesus, like all the women. Open your heart to accept God's word. Believe it, nurture it, let it grow, and then share it. Nothing that is secret will be kept hidden. Face it, that's the truth. When we accept Jesus as our savior, we become part of his family. Trust Jesus to get you through the storms of life. Even the demons know who Jesus is. And lastly, have faith. Is your heart ready to accept Jesus? Well, invite him into your heart. All you need is a little humility and belief and faith. And Jesus will take care of the rest of it. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. He's knocking at your heart. Just let him in. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times. 
the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24:14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.